Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Peace family is 19 Keys with the 19 Keys podcast. You're listening to a high-level conversation. Tap in. All right, a word from one of our sponsors. Make sure you tap into Goldwater Products. After you come listen to the information, you're going to need your memory stimulated so you can download everything in that prefrontal cortex. You want to make sure that hippocampus area of your brain that regulates mood, memory, and learning is fully functional and tapped in. Therefore, you want to tap into Goldwater. They have smart malls, sports malls, vitamin C malls, colloidal silver. They have just about everything that you, your child, and your whole entire family needs to stimulate your brain and your body and to make sure that your immune system is functioning. Before you tap into this great high-level conversation, listen to this song by Tezu Kulando called Goldwater. Peace, family. This is an episode of 19 Keys, Enlightening Thought Patterns, Conversations. Um, Today we have my special guest, my brother, Steve Jones, who is calling us from behind the bars in St. Louis Jail. We had a conversation with him before. This is going to be part two. He called me today, and um, he wanted to express his thoughts on his newfound consciousness. And it's beautiful to hear my brother because I can hear in his voice new life and new excitement. So without further ado, we're going to get into this phone call. And also, if you all want to write my brother, um, I will have the information within the bio. And um, wait to the end, and we're going to be talking about that. So thank you all for tapping in. I appreciate you. Let's get into this journey. Man, it's, it's, it's a sea of knowledge out there, man. Once you start to dip your toes in it, man, you start to realize... Just how much you've been missing, and just how wild the ocean is. Man, and, and it, it, it feels good though, man. When you get the knowledge, man, it, it make you want to go get more, man. That's all I've been doing, man. It, it feels good, but I, I've been putting all out first, man. For real, man. I feel good. Like I told you, I don't do no stress. Yeah. You don't need me to fix man. For real. You gotta let go and let God, man. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah. a, that's a different level when you let God do it. When you let God do it for you, it ain't the same as like a person saying that like he go hand in hand fight my battles, but it's saying that he gonna give me the strength to be able to handle everything that I need because it already exists within me. And so it's a is is you praying for the ability to do what you already know you can do, but it's, it's your lack of realization or your lack of of doing it already that makes prayer a necessity. You understand me? So it's it's some ancients. They um, tapped in, uh, they called the Sumerians, and they have a, a word called Avad, and it means to work for. But when you watch, when you look at their tablets, they got their hands out, and it looks like they're praying to God. But the way that they used to pray, they didn't pray and ask God to do. They, they basically prayed, and they asked God, what can they do for him? You understand me? So they was asking to work for God, and today we ask God to work for us. And it's interesting because I think about that, and if you already have the ability within self, all you need to do is ask God, can I do that work? 
You understand me? Like, let me do that work for you. I got you. But that's you tapping in to what already exists. It's not even you tapping outward to something else. So it's like you asking that God within, can I do this work? Let me Give me permission real quick. All right. It's, it's, it's the the thing about perspective and and, and uh, the more you gain, it just allow you to see things continuously different. But I think that it's important that individuals go through steps of learning, because sometimes my father always say, you know, it's certain things that he don't want to know yet until he figured it out on his own, because it's going to rob him rob him of that process of learning. And as you learn and you grow gradually and stuff, that's exactly what you do. You grow. But if you're given something. You know what I mean? You skip steps and you learn wisdom through those steps and you get a lot more out of the information than if you were just given to it. It spoils you and it robs you of experience. So, you know, that, that experience be necessary. And see, an individual like yourself that had, had a multitude of experiences from the streets, when you learn things, you want to see them for multi-level dimensions. That a, a person that ain't went through much, they won't see it in all of the dimensions that you're going to be able to relate all of your experiences to this knowledge and be like, ah, I see things from this. Like, you know, you got certain eyes on you that everybody don't have. So just being able to see through those different dimensions that everybody can't see allow you to interpret the information and knowledge a totally different way. Yeah, Dr. Wesley told me. Dr. Wesley told me. Dr. Wesley told me. He say, "Don't how you gonna know if you if, if were you able to go through that snake pit, and you able to come out the other side and you survive?" He said, "That's how you know you a god." But if you remove the snakes from that pit and you walk through, there was no hardship, no trials, no tribulations. You had to go through nothing to prove for yourself. So how do you know if you're a God once you come out on the other end? So the fact that you're able to go through the most pain, the snakes, the issues, the stresses, the depressions, situations, whatever they may be, and you come out alive, that validates who you are. Even when I was in the streets, 
You know, it, it ain't like I it ain't that I stopped being in the streets. It's just I'm in them in a different fashion and form now. I ain't them in the way I used to be in. I'm in there and raise up individuals. At first, when I was in it, it was because you know um, I had selfish reasons. I was doing it with deceptive intelligence. Yeah, low at the time, you was in your lows. Yeah, back then. We all were, yeah, you know? survival mode. You know. And, and, and so I wanted to ask you this question, man, because, uh, you know, you, you heard about everything that happened with Nipsey Hussle, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the word inside the jail cell, man? How they speak about it? Now, on the inside of jail, like, you know, I only deal with the, you know what I'm saying, the wives, because I don't deal with the fools or not, because they ain't got no insight. They didn't even know who Nipsey Hussle was, right. you know, St. Louis don't listen to that type of music. Right. But the brother who did know, they was hurt. They was upset about it because yeah. he was a brother that's been trying to teach you about evolution and how to evolve. Even if you was a street convict, he was teaching you how to, you know what I'm saying, how to uh, invest. He was teaching you how to, you know what I'm saying, basically go from a nigga to a god, you know. Right. And want somebody who, who, who his own brother, his own skin color from his same neighborhood to stop his flow, that's hurt. That's heartbreaking. His story is parallel to it. His story is directly parallel to it. He went to Africa, and when he went to Africa at 19 years old, that's where he gained his consciousness. You understand me? That's what he said. And, 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 you know, growing up in the streets around the people, but he never left the people, man. He did his work in the streets, and he he reformed his hood, and he started off where he was at. And he be, he's basically the blueprint. He was the blueprint, the archetype of how all gangsters, how everybody who grow up, everything that we've been saying we want rappers to do, Nipsey Hussle was doing it. Exactly. And it goes back when I was just up there with Todd, right? Nipsey was that day came out. Mm-hmm. Then I had went to Atlanta, right? So I had a show. I mean, we, we had went to a club. Me and my, uh, my cousin, who, um, who I used to do out there, we went to a show. And I was in a VIP with the guy who played. He, he had to stay out of Compton. He was like sitting in the booth next to me in the couch. And the special guest performer was Nipsey Hussle. Mm. And my lover Lovey came out there. Now they didn't receive his music either for real because Atlanta is more of a trap music city. But he was speaking the game. Came. He was trying to spread the message. And sometimes people got to die in order for them to get the message through, man. Right? You know, now a lot of people waking up. These streams want to be behind. They, they get the chance to listen to what type of guy he was. Right. And there are certain things that you can do in death that you can't do while you're alive. It's, cer- it's certain messages that people can hear more clearly when you're gone than while you're here. Because hindsight makes people, you know, figure out what's really important when it's not, when it's no longer here. And so, it, it, I, was, I was speaking to this spiritual healer or whatever, and she was saying that, you know, once you... It's certain things you can't do on this plane while your spirit is trapped in the body. And saying that once you leave your body and your spirit is released within the world, there's certain works that you can get done that you didn't have the ability to do while you was here. So if you look at a lot of past leaders that didn't, that, that um, left us you know, throughout time, look at all of the work that was done afterwards in their name where a lot of those people wouldn't listen or take heed while they was alive, but they were able to get a lot more work done as soon as they left. And I think about that, that's interesting, and I think this this moment in time for a lot of people, it's one of the one times that I see people have, uh, it humanizes people to be able to empathize 
with black men on a different level because before this you know um a, a, a lot of black men couldn't be seen in a human level to where the act of people having compassion and caring for your life you know and like really like crying for you and like I've, i haven't seen so many grown men cry i think in my life than i've seen over nipsey hustle and i'm talking about why i talk to grown men and I'm talking about gangsters and conscious individuals swears whatever they are he touched so many people because of who he was and who he became at such a short time that people like felt his death as if that was their actual like brother you know, like blood brother and I know he is our brother, but I mean, like, as if he was in a family and they had plans with him next week, and they mad that they missing those plans. And I had extreme, I met uh, bro only once, and I had extreme amount of respect for him. I had just did a podcast the week before, and we had proclaimed him the most conscious. We we, we were talking about him and Bashir on the podcast on my YouTube. And we were talking about how he was the most conscious rapper in, uh, on the West Coast. But we, it wasn't like that his lyrics are just super conscious and it's corny. It, that's not his That's not his flow. Yeah, it was his deeds. It was his actions that were the most uh, uh, prevalent that an individual can take because he was effective. He was effective. Like, it, it, if you if you go over there in that street, he created a safe zone to where people was able to come into a 6-0 hood and be able to shop black business and get inspired. So he created inspiration in the middle of a desert of inspiration, in the middle of a, of a war field. He created a place that was a beacon for and, hope. And, 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 and while he did that, he didn't forget his core, man. Hell no. He, he didn't forget where he came from. You know, he stayed in. And see the beautiful thing. The beautiful thing is that most of a lot. See, he 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 was he was raised not only by the street, but you gotta understand that he got his celebrity while he was doing mixtapes. Like he became a mixtape legend. You understand me? And before he ever, this is like he just recently doing a mainstream tape, and and it was interesting because he was already known, yet he had never had an album, but he was so good on the mixtape circuit, selling them hundred dollar mixtapes and all of that. He was already a street legend, so he be he had already became famous in the streets from doing it in that manner. And a lot of rappers, a lot of time they go corporate. And they get those deals and things of that nature, and they get wrapped up in that world, and they forget who the ones who really made them and who the ones who really care. You understand me? But when you're getting paid by the people, then you owe the people. And that's why something I think uh, David Banner said that he said, y'all, somebody said somebody was complaining about the fact that um, um, he said that they think I'm using this conscious woke stuff, basically. And I'm, I'm not going verbatim, but he said he think I'm using this conscious woke stuff, and they complaining that. I'm getting paid by the people. He said, you want me to get paid by the people? Because as long as I'm getting paid by the people, that means I owe the people. And I'm not going to do anything to mess that up. You know what I mean? And, and I think about that. That's hella important because a lot of people become so disconnected. They fan base become nothing but goddamn middle-aged white or, or, or teenage white kids. And they disconnected from the hood because we ain't the ones paying them. You understand me? So they feel like they don't owe us nothing. And then they become disconnected. But Nipsey knew his fan base, man. He was connected with the people, and the stories that people share about him is just amazing. He seemed to be just a 100% stand-up guy, 
And that's a rarity in this community, in this world that we live in, to have examples of what it means to be a man. And not to have no smut on your record. Because there's a lot of these cats, these, 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 these rappers, whether it's true or not, that's been accused of a lot of weirdo shit. And he was one of the few that had no smut on his record. Bro, you'd be amazed. Right. The streets came together. They came, look, they, they called a truce. All of the gangs in L.A., they came together. They walked down the street together. I'm talking about cats who got blood feuds against each other. Like, imagine, imagine somebody dying in St. Louis. And all of the hoods of St. Louis come together. All of the hoods. Like, imagine how much that person would have to be and how much they would have to mean in that city. Right now, it ain't nobody in St. Louis who can die that I know of that, that does so much for the city is that if they died, all of the gangs would come together, all of the hoods. But imagine how much you would have to do and how much of a stand-up guy that you had to, and what you had to become and what you had to represent to do that. Like, it, you know how hard that would be. So imagine L.A., where this, where this gangbanging shit done started, you understand me? And and they've been doing this for a long time. And I was out there. I went out there three times for the tribute, man. And, and and I seen personally cats that had issues with each other that, you know, they almost got into a little situation. It was like, you ain't from so-and-so. You can't stay here, but you can pay your respects, though. And, you know, they I'm sure they felt a certain way, but they had to respect where they was at. They paid their respects. The the FOI was there to intervene. And things, things turned out smooth. But they about to have his funeral at the Staples Center. The Staples Center hurt 25,000 people, and I'm sure it's going to be packed out. His funeral about to be at the Staples Center, bro. Everybody you can think of that showed this man love. Like, it, it, it's, it's, I've never seen, this is bigger than Michael Jackson death. I, I, um, I had to get surgery today. I haven't got to see before, man. But mm. I feel through all the pain I got up, and I, I came to the beach today for, you know what I'm saying, reading over through our league. Mm-hmm. But somehow, I was, um, he said some out of pocket shit about Lauren London, basically talking about. He, he says some shit about basically that he gonna give her one year to grieve. You know what I mean? And then he gonna become the type of guy that she wants. Some out of like some shit that you you shouldn't even mention a man's. You know, uh, uh, dead, why, uh, uh, his, his widow, he ain't even been put in the ground yet. And you mentioning his widow, like, and your intentions and your thoughts at all. Like, you shouldn't just, like, it's just certain shit that, you know, cats on the street, you gotta, or just people, period, you gotta have respect for. And you gotta have enough integrity in your own thinking just not to speak on at all. Like, just don't say anything. And so, you know, cats found that highly disrespectful. They start taking his music off the radio and all kind of stuff because, and, and, and rightfully so, and that's, you know, people say that some people overreacted and they should have been more of a big brother to them and things of that nature, and I get all of that, but you got to teach a lesson to people, right? Because a lot of times if that wouldn't have been handled in the public and people didn't see that outcry, then it wouldn't have taught the lesson to the other younger cats of like, damn, I should watch what I say and watch what I do. Maybe I don't know all the rules to the game, but this could mess up my future. Thing to a certain degree, 
No, right. So Right. And that, right. And, and, and I think it's not positive information, man. People don't need people don't want to receive it now. And I'm glad people are starting to wake up, man. Really. And I think the bigger thing is that he represents this generation of disrespect. That a lot of them jump out the window and we give them a lot of deference. We're like, oh, they don't know better. But it, it's a time of accountability to where it's like, you know what? You might not know better, but here's the consequences. Because the same thing that happened in the law. You ain't got to know the law for you to be held accountable for you breaking the law. So that's the same thing that happened in the streets. You might not know the street laws. You might not know the laws of integrity. You might not know the laws of respect. But if you break them, it's consequences and repercussions for that. So now you should go back and study what this law is so you don't break them because you don't want those consequences again. But without those repercussions, individuals feel as if, because that ego make you feel like you're invincible when you're not. And they start canceling concerts and messing up money. And now the people around you like, man, I don't even want to do business with the little cat because he messing up the product. Like, he, he is the product and you you destroying your own brand. And so I'm sure, his, you know, based on the level of intelligence that I've seen that he had, I'm sure that maybe he didn't have foresight. He didn't think about repercussions and what he was saying. And he just had word vomit. And he just let anything spew out. But you got to understand the sensitivity of the situation that we're dealing with is somebody who's highly highly respected and yeah yeah he's been tripping a lot lately yeah he been you know he got a lot of shit against him like you when you got all of that shit against you you got to start figuring out things that's gonna build you up not more shit that you can throw at your own brand and break you down and and, and he was thinking about things that and he's doing things that's gonna break him down not build him up that's the sad part Right, and you ain't gotta go super woke, but but you can just but you, yeah. I, I I tell people my formula for throw at least five like in, in the middle of doing what you're doing, throw at least a bar in there that raises people's frequency. Throw at least two bars or three bars or five bars in. I say the the the, the minimum. I would say throw at least five bars in there. That people didn't expect to hear that, like, huh, what was that? He threw that in the middle. I was just turned up, but he threw something I didn't even think about. 
You know what I mean? Like, you got to yeah, throw I've that been, in there. I've been writing. 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 I've I can see that being done. And you write the script. I know my brother Ben to put that shit together. He just need people to write scripts. That's the way to go, man. Instead of looking for anything, just become everything. Yeah. So ain't nobody can deny you what you become, yeah. shit. trying to get the people cool. I be trying to get the kids cool. <laughs> yeah.
You know, everything is a university, man. Everything is for education, man. Every job you go to, you learn, you steal the information from your experience. Whether you in jail, it's, it's your experience. Whether you out here in life, because I'm gonna tell you the thing about it is, is, is there's people that's out here that they may not be in a jail and they may not be in a cell, but they ain't as free as you. You know what I mean? Because that freedom starts in the mind as far as you know what you know and who you are. And there's a lot of people who walking around here that's slave and that's that's imprisoned just by their own thinking and their inability to be able to see reality because it's like the cage it's like a, a lion you know that's in captivity you know um he may have proximity to where you think you free but it's not the same as a lion that's you know in a jungle or a lion that's from the jungle that you put in captivity his thinking not the same you put him in captivity he's not gonna be happy with the limited range that he's able to walk around back and forth you feel me? But if you take a captive lion and you put him in a jail cell, or you put him not a jail cell, but a cage, and you unlock that cage, he's not even going to check to see if he can get out. He just going to expect the cage to be locked. He's not even going to try to get free. But if you take a wild lion and you put him in a cage, he's going to check to see if that door open. He's going to bang against it. But the thing about that is, eventually, if you keep that lion in that cage for long enough, it, whether he's wild or whether he's captive, you know, and he go check that door, and it don't work. He go check that door again, it don't work. He go check it again, it don't work. He go check it again, it don't work. Eventually, he go stop checking to see if he can get free. And then you can unlock it. You understand me? He don't even know that it's unlocked, but he don't even check for his freedom no more. And a lot of people like that. They don't check for their freedom no more. They Dang. just they just live in their existence. Hey, do, do you want me to? Uh, you uh, appreciate. It. I was gonna say, do you want me to turn this into a podcast? I did, of course. All right. All right, cool, cool, cool. I'm gonna put that out there. Then people like the last one. Matter of fact, hey, oh, tell uh, shit. I need your address. If you, I need your. I gotta get it from KK, huh? Because some people said they wanted to write you after I put up the last one. Peace, family. Thank you for watching the podcast. Um, I'm going to work to get his information to where you all will be able to write my brother. As y'all can see, his name is Steve Jones. And, uh, you know, he's freeing his mind while he's in jail. Um, this is the second part of our conversation. And, um, you know, uh, I hope that you all are listening. I hope that it's something that you take from this situation. You know, um, that's another one. My brother, I know from the street, you know, he started off as a crip. You know, and um, he went through a lot of different situations. We've been knowing each other since we was younger. Um, and, you know, I've, I've, I've always been, you know, imparting knowledge ever since I was uh, deep in the streets. And there's a lot of, and, and, and as you listen to him, you know, there's it, that point in time where people can finally hear you. You know, sometimes it's just not loud enough. People can't hear you, but it's that point in time where, you know, he hears it now. And I'm glad, and it's loud and clear, and he's excited for it, and he calls me with that depth and that clarity 
that I haven't heard from him in a while. So please write my brother words of encouragement to keep him going. Um, I'm putting information in to put money on his books. Or, you know, um, you just want to impart some knowledge, man. Uh, thank y'all. Appreciate y'all for tapping in. Y'all stay blessed. This has been another episode of 19 Keys, Enlightening Thought, Conversations. Tap in. Yeah. Yeah, I need it. All right, cool. Yeah, you got the, uh, you know the zip code? I mean, I'm just preaching. Yeah, 63105. Yeah. What you was saying? I didn't catch you, man. The phone had hung up. Oh, uh. No, I was saying last time people wanted to send you, um, letters and things of that nature from the last podcast that we did. So I wanted to put that in the bio description so people had the ability to be able to write you and stuff. Got you, brother. They gonna hear this, so you know they already know. Steve, your inmate number is Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.